Thank you so much for joining us on a new episode of Who's Next. I'm your host, Daria Henderson. You know, here at WNBF News, we've been having a good time with our Who's Next series, meeting some phenomenal people, right? Some phenomenal up and coming young people who are really shaking up the scene, both in the Grand Strand and now in the PD. You know, we focus on the Grand Strand a lot, but I heard about a young woman in the PD that's doing some phenomenal work that we just had to talk to. So I called her up, I'm telling y'all, within minutes, even seconds, I knew we had to have her on this show. So let's give a hand and welcome Tabitha James to the show. Tabitha. What's up? Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Uh, super excited. I'm happy that you're excited because yes. we're about to have quite the conversation. Let's do quite it. the conversation. <laughs> Let me tell you, I have a lot of questions for you, a lot okay. of conversations. So you just be ready, all right? Okay. All right, now, all right, all right. So when people ask, like, okay, who is she? I'm pretty sure folks probably sitting at home right now, maybe listening, you know, in their car or something of that nature. Like, okay, well, who is Tabitha then? You got her on the show. Let me tell you, I mean, quickly you realize, you know, you're a strategist, you're an author, you're a speaker, you're a little bit of everything. You're involved in a little bit of everything in the community. So y'all probably seen her maybe once or twice, three times, and not even know that she's in your presence. Um, but for you, you know, a lot of people in our generation, right? It's like, you know, okay, well, who is she? So you go to her Instagram page, you'd be like, okay, this her, <laughs> right? This, this her. <laughs> Anyway, okay, well, who is she still? What would you like to say people answer when they say, okay, well, who is she? What you want them to say? She is vibrant. Okay. She is eccentric. She is engaged. She's impactful yet intentional okay. in that impact. So that's, that's just a little snippet of what I would like if people had about 10 seconds to describe seconds. me. I okay. would like for them to kind of start with that, right? Because mm -hmm. it could seem like, oh, she's all over the place. Like, <laughs> I don't know where she is, but I know she's doing something that is yet intentional and impactful. Absolutely. You know what I heard when I asked her, who is she? What? I heard she's good peoples. Ooh, that's and good. And as you know, you know, when it comes to the black community about being good peoples. That's good. That tells you everything. That's a sign. Off. That's that, your signature. That's literally your signature. That's your signature. She, she good, good people. people. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. I don't need to hear no more. That's all I'm I need. That's all I need. She good people. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I know yeah. she's gonna be there, and yeah. like, you know, she's gonna be present. Yes. And she's gonna give me the resources and everything I need, and it's gonna be a, a, a two way street. Yeah. And that's and that's lovely. That's lovely. That's lovely. All right. So now we got who she is. Let's talk about you know those humming beginnings and where you come from. So sure. you're from Lakeview, right? Yes. Not a lot of folks live in Lakeview. <laughs> the population is literally not even a thousand, not and I thousand. actually live outside of the the city or the town limits. So uh -huh. I don't even live in Lakeview, really? right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm from Lakeview, but I do have a different address because I do live outside of the town limits. So I have a Nichols okay. um, address, and just depending on what day of the week it is, it depends on what county that falls. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how rural um, yeah. it is, though. Yeah. So I am. I'm from Lakeview. That's where I grew up primarily. I've lived a few other places, so I spent some time in Trent, New Jersey, and some time in Florence, South Carolina. But the most of my youth, the bulk of it, was spent in Lakeview, South Carolina. Uh, country girl, went to church. Backwoods. Okay, backwoods. <laughs> right, grew up AME, went to church, did a lot of things within my church um, that definitely helped to develop me to be who I am today. Um, depending on who you ask, right? So my um, school that I attended does fall within the corridor of shame, right? So okay. essentially that would make someone think, oh, you know, bad school system, things like that. But what was there um, and what I center my 
thoughts when I think about uh, growing up in Lakeview and attending school in Dillon County is the love and the care and the genuineness that the educators poured into us. So no, we may have not had the newest technology or the best books, but we did have educators as well as a community that cared about us. And I think that that, it filled a gap, right? And now as students, there were some things as you went on that you may have had to work a little harder, right? Because resources naturally. weren't there naturally, yeah. right? But that love and that support and the genuineness of being a wild gator, it's hands down nothing like it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a little bit of the background. I have a great family. I uh, grew up primarily with my mom, my grandma, and um, they loved on me and spoiled the, the dickens out of me, if you will. <laughs> um, I am an only child, so the uh, word no. Only child syndrome. You know, I got only child syndrome real bad. <laughs> so real I'm bad. not really a fan of no. Uh -huh. um, I just feel like it's not yet, right? Yeah. It's not a real no. Yeah. Not um, right now. Not right now, yeah. right? Not right now. But. Um, they did, them, along with my entire family, poured a lot into me. I was only child, last grandchild. Um, the first time someone had had a kid in a quite some time. So wow. I did have the resources of a great family to just pour into me, my athletics, my academics, my dreams, my goals. And so I do owe a lot of who I am today as Tabitha D. James to those people um, and the things that they poured into me at a young age. Absolutely, and as you're growing up, as you know, I, I'm not an only child, but I would just imagine just the, the boxes that people put you in, right? Yeah. The, the, the the standard that they put you at. And also just the idea of, I'm my mom's only child, so if I mess up, I'm my mom's only child. This is it. Yeah, and it boxed me. Um, I think that the limitations were just that, like, I want the best for you and I want you to be successful. And this was coming from mom, dad, you know, family members, whoever. And what the best for me was, was never something that looked like a box, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to go to college, but I'm going to do it my way, yeah. right? I'm going to start my career at a very young age, but I'm going to do it my way, right? Yeah. I'm not going to allow um, y'all or society or anybody's wants and desires of me to deter me from what I know that I want. And that's a lot, especially I would imagine growing <laughs> up in a small town. I guess we all kind of consider, I mean, I grew up in St. Louis, you know, mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of people. Right. But, you know, even in that space, you know, you still have that small community, right? Yep. It's like a small community, a small town, even within this within big, the big city. city. Yep. You know, that, you know, you have standards put on you and things of that nature. And you were talking about like those boxes. And there's so many boxes that people put you around. Okay, where well, your mom, you know, grew you up in this environment, so I expect this out of you, yes. I expect that out of you, I expect that. You know, how was it trying to break out of those boxes? So I basically really used what they taught me, I won't say against them, but against them, <laughs> yeah. right? You, you, I was raised to be, you know, independent, a strong thinker, all of these things, so I'm gonna use this to now make my own decisions. Mm -hmm. And because I'm stepping so far out of a box, I'm just going to prove you wrong. And it's not going to be in a, I need to come back in, you know, five or 10 years and say, ah, I was right. It's not that. Just right. let my success and my drive and my willingness to take risks, let that be the proof that I wasn't as crazy as y'all thought I was. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really, really, really what helped me. It was still hard though, right? It was yeah. still very hard because I did take risks that were not in alignment with I with what I think others may have had in mind that I should have done, but mm -hmm. it felt right. I also got a pretty good head start and I did these things pretty young. So I was like, if things don't work out, I'm just gonna try something else, yeah. right? Absolutely. Like yeah. I'm just gonna do something yeah. else and it's going to be okay. And I trust me 
and I just ask that if you all know I haven't made too many horrible decisions, just trust me. Give trust me your blessing. Life. Even if yeah. you don't understand exactly what it is I'm doing or what I'm aiming for, mm -hmm. I don't either. But in my mind and with the resources that we have in this day and time, I'm going to collectively figure it out along the way. And that's just what I've been yeah. doing. Do you think like those boxes go back to generational curses that we have sometimes, you know, in the black community of like, you know, well, this is what it was when I was growing up. This is what it was when grandma was growing up, you know, which we're living a, a totally, totally different, different world, world now. Totally different world. So what it was back with grandma and grandpa it's and different. uncle, it's totally different yes. now where I can't move in that way. But also we also, you know, thankfully have so many more resources now that's available that we can use them to our advantage, which means we have to move in a different way than y'all than used to do it back in the day. You right, know? I try to, to use the word, it's a generational advantage that we yeah. have, right? Because we do have access to resources, because we do have these computerized phones in our pockets, yeah. we do have the ability to look things up, to communicate with other people that we may have not known had it been 50 years ago. I like to say that that's an advantage that we can use to uh, develop lives that just look totally different than what may it may have looked at looked like had we been born in a different generation at a different time. But I think that even when people have your best interests at heart, sometimes they are allowing curses or fear or their own failures or their own insecurities to lead them in what they say to you. So I'm always like, I'm going to take what I need and I'm leaving the rest, yeah. okay? Because a lot of times the things that they were saying that were maybe meant to kind of box in or, or felt boxish, some of those things I... I value, yeah. right? Showing up on time, even though yeah. I struggle sometimes, right? Yeah. You know, dressing the part or being, you know, articulate, if you will, but putting a little flair on it, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, doing the things, going yeah. to, I don't, you know, regret that they told me to go to college. I had an amazing college experience, and that is where I began building a wonderful network that I'm able to lean on today, right? But like I said, I did it my way, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, as I started my early career getting into corporate, I'm like, no, I'm doing this my way because I don't want to be boxed in. I don't want to look back uh, and say, I wish I would have tried this, or yeah. I wish I would have moved out of South Carolina. No, I did it. So check that box, you know, or yeah. I wish I would have tried this cuisine or something. No, I'm going to go try it, right? And get it so, out the way. And get it out the way. Yeah. I'm not going to allow anyone else's insecurities to box me in or to limit me or to make me fearful of possibilities that are out there. Absolutely. And let you you mentioned the college life. Let's talk about that college life. Sure. So you, you graduated before 25. You know, yeah. that was really, really great. Yeah. Um, but you also graduated with two degrees, right? Mm -hmm. You went yeah. to Coastal Carolina University, CCU, shots yeah. up. Shots up. <laughs> <laughs> but you also yes. went to Florida Atlantic University as yeah. well. Um, how was it going to those two colleges and, you know, getting those two degrees at such a young age? So it was very um, inspiring now that I look back at it, yeah. right? Because as a student, you know, 15 years ago almost that went to Coastal, I was a little timid, right? Coastal is not a huge in institution, but mm -hmm. when I graduated with 69 other people. So leaving that space to go to an institution with 15, 16,000 students, students that have been taking classes that I didn't even know you could take, right? It was a little <laughs> intimidating but I was able to really leverage the opportunities that were there to be able to build a solid foundation yeah. for my future. I was very involved. I was very inquisitive. 
I asked questions of my professors, of the student service professionals that were working there, and of other students, right? Because you're from different places, you may have had different experiences than myself. So I was able to like fully engulf myself, not only in being a coastal student, but being a member of the Grand Strand community, right? So that was where I level set, like how, what do I want my philanthropic life to look like? How do I get engaged with the NAACP? I found a church home there. I worked in the community, so I really engaged myself and being a community member there and that really set me up so senior year and I'm like what am I going to do next and one of my mentors was like hey I have an opportunity for you to come to Florida you can go to school for free but you got to move to Florida yeah. and I was like oh yeah okay uh, South Florida is 10 hours away from my house. Especially if it's something familiar. Yes. You know, so, leave it something that is super familiar which I didn't do until <laughs> three years ago moving out here for my job here is yeah. like that's a lot. That's a lot at That I don't think people don't think about a lot. You know what I mean? Like getting up and just leaving and going somewhere else. Be that a amazing opportunity <laughs> like free education. Because listen, you say free, you you got me. You, but <laughs> you, got, you got my ear. So I'm listening, yeah. right? And so he's telling me about the opportunity and I'm at work and I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Why not? Why not? So yeah. I told my parents they were not, they have never been discouraging. Gotcha. So that definitely helped me jump. Now, I'm not going to say they weren't hesitant. I'm not yeah. going to say they didn't ask Naturally a few questions, right? Parents, right? But I am so grateful that they didn't say, well, you can't do that, or or they never down-talked it. I guess they were just praying late at night that I was going to be okay yeah. because I decided to go anyways. Yeah. And so I packed my little, I had a Nissan Sentra at the time, and I packed that thing on up, little small little car, I packed <laughs> it down, okay? Yeah. And a friend and I drove, um to West Palm Beach and I moved there for graduate school shortly about six months after I graduated from undergrad okay. so I went there for graduate school and it's still to this day um, to date one of the best decisions I ever made it took me so far out of my comfort zone yeah. right South Florida is a totally different world than South Carolina um, my best friend did move down there also so we had each other but that was it right yeah. everything we knew was 10 hours away yeah. so we had to you know establish really new we each had to, other. Yeah, each other, time. establish yeah. new friendships, um, figure out how to get from point A to point B. Of course, <laughs> GPS, right? But thinking about different routes, traffic is different, the yeah. cost of living is different. Everything was just different. And at such a young time, we were 21 and 22. So to make such a, a courageous decision, I'm yet and still, like I said, one of the best decisions I ever made. And I'm very proud of us for stepping out and doing it because we could have been like, no, let's just wait a little yeah. while longer, right? But and what good is that? What good is what that? What good is that? Absolutely. You know, what is time? Yeah. <laughs> and you also got involved within like organizations as well. Uh, naturally, pretty sure the camera's <laughs> been on you a couple of times and saw your, right. your pen, you're a woman of Alpha Kappa Alpha. Um, so just talk about being involved into that organization as well and, yeah. and how it pretty much shaped you up. Sure. So I joined AKA pretty young too. I was a senior in college, but I was still just 21 years old. Gotcha. So. Um, over the last 10 years, being a member of this organization has changed my lives in ways I never imagined. So I was introduced into uh, AKA, introduced to AKA, excuse me, by my family members. So my mom is an AKA or was an AKA. My father is, <laughs> right, my father is an Omega. I have several aunts that are, you know, Deltas or Sigma Gamma Rose, several uncles that are Kappas and in other organizations. 
Um, but there was something about that pink and green, yeah. right? And <laughs> so I did my research, and I was like, okay, I think this is the one. I wanted to make sure I wasn't making the decision just because of my mom or yeah. just because of my stepsister. Like, I wanted it to be for me. So it was, um, and every since I've been a member, I, I say it as a cliche. It's, it's really not cliche. It has really changed my life. Being able to look up to other women that are killing it in their careers, killing mm -hmm. it with their families, able to travel, able to build wealth, able to set an example for future generations and looking at those women over the years has really helped me to develop my own plans. I took that same inquisitive nature that I took to college into the organization so I didn't mind. Even now I still don't mind. Like if I yeah. want to know something about you know someone's career or how did you retire early? How did you buy this? You know how did you do that? I'm not afraid to go ask. The only thing you can do is tell me no or not respond or well, whatever. But or not right now. Right or not but at right least now. I took that first initial but step. But I took that first that's initial what step. And, and that's I what keeps a lot of people back, I believe. Yes, it's I just feel not people out though. I feel people out and if I feel that, you know, we have a connection, I'm not just gonna walk up like, hey, how much you make, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, if I feel a connection with the sister, especially older sisters, I'm like asking questions because yeah. I am yet and still developing this life as a young professional. And so if there's some wisdom that they can impart in me that can help me along my way, yeah. why not? That is a, you know, automatic resource of being connected to so many amazing women and especially uh, looking at black women that have just taken hurdles after hurdles after hurdles like you might be the first lawyer um, at your firm. You may have been the first woman in your company to, you know, do this or do that. And you are a black woman that I can look up to or that I can also connect you to a younger sister. So it has just continued. I could go on and yeah. on and on and <laughs> on. Absolutely. That's um, how it developed me and how it allowed me to step into leadership roles that have stretched me but have also help to develop who I am as a person and as a professional because I take a lot of opportunities, right? I go to conferences, I go to other events in other cities and other states just to make sure that I'm one, staying current in the organization, but also in using that organization to my benefit to network, yeah, and to socialize. And as well. Yes. Which goes right into your, uh, your life work, right? It's what <laughs> you do. Yeah, your what life I work. Do, what yes. you do, what you what do, do. Which is marketing, which yes. is getting out there, talking to people and things of that nature. Um, and you work with small businesses, which is really important. You yeah. know, small businesses who sometimes really don't even have the budget for mm -hmm. those situations, you know, are not going to be the ones that you see on your commercials or things of that nature, but still need to be able to get their business out there. Right. Actually, we're sitting in one right now, right? right. Royalty <laughs> Day Spy here in Marion, South Carolina. Um, you know, how is it working with those smaller businesses, being a part of their marketing and making sure that they have a good message out there? Oh, I love it, right? I love it because one thing, small business spans out from, you know, $2 a month, two or three million dollars yeah. a month, right? Yeah. So I love that it expands and I get to work in different sectors within that, mm -hmm. right? I'm able to work with people who may not have a large marketing budget. I'm also able to work with people who have a large marketing budget but don't know what to do with it, yeah. right? So I get to see all of those touch points, but what brings me most joy is being able to see those results, right? Being able to help curate messages that are going to be impactful for the owner, for the customers, and ultimately for anyone that is coming in contact with that business, right? Absolutely. And I definitely would be remiss if I didn't say I love working with small black woman-owned businesses, right? Yeah. Those are my favorite because I get to see women take autonomy over their life and just propel, right? Being able to tell me 
just word babble. Like a lot of our initial meetings are just talk to me, right? Yeah. Like let's have a conversation. Tell me out on what's going on. Yes, yeah, yeah, over coffee, yeah. you know, let's just talk and then let me come back to you with the proposal based on what we talked about. And most of the time that just, it's very mind blowing, if you will, because of what we're able to extract by just allowing someone to talk. Yeah. Yeah. And let it out. So when you look on and when you take on new clients, what do you look for in those businesses? I'm looking for someone that is dedicated and really wants to grow, right? People that are willing to stretch their limits. They're not wanting to piece things together. They really want to invest in the process mm -hmm. to ultimately grow their business, right? Um, and, and it's no you know, shade or sidebar to people who don't want to. Hobbies are great, right? Yeah. But not for me to work with, yeah. right? I, I, <laughs> I, I like to work. Now. Right, I need you to be serious. <laughs> I need you to be okay with allowing yourself to kind of let go of some of the control. Gotcha. Right. Being able to if you are hiring me and my team, you are trusting that we are going to deliver with excellence and with expertise. Right. So I'm really looking for people that are willing to give us the just give us the go and watch you grow. Yeah. And you also kind of dibble and dabble within the tech community and the tech industry as well, yes. which is a hot industry right now. I mean, it's coming, it's drawing back just a little bit, you know, yeah. after like a, a, a real big, you know, pandemic. Uh, push is starting to kind of you know slowly come back to be like okay I think we kind of went a little bit too far but it's still a hot industry a right now um, why did you get involved within that industry so it happened through mentorship right gotcha. so one of my mentors started working in tech specifically in DNI in tech mm -hmm. and he brought me in as a speaker for one of the companies he was contracting with and just being the process was very seamless I was able to meet some very great people and I was able to once again be inquisitive and ask some questions about what they were looking for yeah. down the line over the next few years so being able to take from those conversations, okay, how can I see myself interweaved into this process? Do I see myself just wanting to be like, oh, this is the hot new thing, or do I really see an avenue here, yeah. right? So being you can able rise to, the waves, but I mean, can, riding the waves is only gonna get you so far. Impactful and intentional. Bam. Right? <laughs> so if it is not intentional, it doesn't, like as long as there's no alignment, I'm not interested, yeah. right? So I was able to dive into some of the avenues there, being able to talk to people, especially um, like he introduced me on the DNI side, and then I went and found people that work in uh, social impact and giving and philanthropy and things that really. And what's DNI? DNI, diversity and inclusion. Gotcha. Yes, and so being able to go from those to go over and talk a little bit about philanthropic efforts and social impact and how our corporate giving works and things like that in the tech space has really began to spark my interest and I've been able to dibble and dabble in some things over there. Okay, so that's pretty much kind of like your life work. That's what life pays work. the bills. That's what pays the bills. you gotta pay them bills Keep the lights on, <laughs> keep me looking good, keep me eating good, keep you know, on, keep the know? face on, you know, keep that Get car you everything. going. Yes. Keep the car going, keep yes. those wheels turning. Yes. Uh, but you also have a lot of civil work, which yes. you call Heart work, which is I, when you said that on the phone when we were talking, I'm like, oh, I gotta take that. Yes. I gotta take that along with me. Yeah, um, put it in your pocket. Yeah, you have a lot of heart work that you do. It's, yes. it's, it's, it's a big heart now, you know. <laughs> now I was like, I got a heart, you know. I have a little heart work, Ooh, but like heart. your heart is is this, and you are not the ten man. Uh, you <laughs> you I'm have you have the heart because uh, you have so much. You have a, uh, a youth mentoring uh, yeah. program called She Is Me, yes. uh, where you have mentored. You said over like 40 women, young women, young girls um, since 2016. What do you do with them? 
Yeah, so the ultimate plan, right, is for them to have a viable plan for exiting high school, right? Which so, is important. Which is very important because- don't know what they wanna do, how to do it, when to do it, and where to go. There you go. All yeah. you need is a plan, right? Exactly. The universe, God, whomever you celebrate and, <laughs> and chime into yeah. along with life experiences is gonna take you where you need to go. But if you don't have a plan, nowhere right? right nothing's gonna happen so um, making sure that they have viable plans that they are able to use as a guide as they transition out so whether that's transitioning to military transitioning to a trade or transitioning into higher education we are dedicated to supporting them through that uh, by exposure right exposing them I, I joked uh, earlier today actually that I was, I, was, I was telling a parent I said there's not many things that you can come to us and say your child wants to do that we can't get on the phone or through our social media channels and find find them an example yeah and that is important especially in, today's world. especially in today's world it is important for them to be able to see a concrete human that has done what they're saying they mm -hmm. want to do especially that looks like them yeah. and so that is something that we very if I had to pride myself on one thing as it relates to the program that is our unique proposition hands down our network mm -hmm. is very solid uh, we serve rural girls in South Carolina primarily black girls uh, but our network expands across the nation, right? Mm -hmm. So we have people that give to our organization that have never seen rule, right? No. They wouldn't know rule if it's left them, but they believe in the work that we're doing. They believe in the work that I'm doing. They believe in the people that I put in front of the students and the parents and the volunteers. And so they give, they come, they will meet us on Zoom. Some of them have flew to South Carolina for events. It, it's just a beautiful hard work, if mm -hmm. you will. And like you were saying, it's all about, you know, being visible, yeah. you know, because if, if, if you don't see it, you don't believe it mm -mm. Um, or you don't think it's attainable, attainable you know. Right. And so even in our spaces of being in positions of, of, of you know, having leverage in the community, you would say, uh, you want to make sure that we also are giving back. You know, yeah. something that we talked about with um, in our first podcast with Jared, Jared King. He's a chef in Myrtle yeah, Beach. Yeah, uh, yeah, where he he was a basketball player and then ended up in high school. You know, stuff happened and ended up becoming a chef. So kids need to know there's a possibility. You know, and just because endless. yes, just because you're working in you know some restaurant now doesn't mean you can't become like an executive chef like can't that. Own it. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That it can't be something like yours. People go out and love your food and things of that nature. So I think it's just really important to make sure that, you know, we are being visible within yeah. who we are, that people see us, that people know us. So yeah. I love hearing about your mentoring program. <laughs> but you also serve on about nine boards too. Because yes. if the heart gets bigger, <laughs> y'all, it gets it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Growing, nine right. boards and nine boards between the Grand Strand and the PD. Yeah. Right. Yep. And um, two are national, but the, all the others are Grand Strand and PD. What are some of them? You don't got to say all of them. You don't know it off the top of your head. I don't know if no, you just sign the papers right. out there. No, and I know I who you signed with. I do know, but I will, I will list them in no particular order. Okay. I am just going to ramble a few, if you will. Okay. So I serve on the Rural Area Leadership Board in Dillon County. That is, uh, I'm starting with that one because that is one of the first boards, if I'm not mistaken, that I joined. Okay. Uh, when I moved back to South Carolina, I adore being there because I like... Um, being one of the youngest faces on the board, yeah. being one of the only black faces on the board, being one of the only female faces on the board, I think that it provides a perspective that may have not been articulated before. Mm -hmm. um, also being 
quote unquote kind of techie. That's actually how I started out with the board. I was helping them with technology and social media. Um, and then things have grown over time since then. I did a strategic partnership with them. I actually did serve a, a short while as the chair of the board. Um, and it really was a full circle type of moment, right, for me. So that's one of the ones that I adore. I am preparing to roll off, um, but I do adore. I'm one of the founding members of the Black Alumni Chapter at Coastal Carolina University. Um, I was the first vice president, and I served in that role for about four years, and now I am on the board working in social media and PR, right? Of course, right? <laughs> that would be where I sit. I am on the board for the Lakeview Union AME Learning Center. So that learning center is attached to my um, home church. So it, it definitely has a special place in my heart. I tutored there many moons ago. We won't say how many years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now it is it's very, it, I count it an honor to be able to sit on the board, to be able to help with grant writing, to help with strategic development, to help with revitalization, uh, things of that sort. Uh, let's see what's another one. I'm on the National Black Alumni Collective Board. So what that Go does. number four. Get one number four. Okay. <laughs> uh, on that board, I specifically serve in partner school engagement, so working to engage partner schools across the nation to become a part of the collective and what we do is support uh, black alumni chapters and councils at various institutions across the, across the state or across the nation. So I did a national one uh, and two hometown ones and a local one. Um, so I'm gonna stop there unless okay. you want me to keep going. It's okay. It's okay. But, Listen, um, yeah, you stay busy. Just look you them stay up, busy. Yeah. And then on top of that, you also <laughs> have released books too, right? Yeah. Uh, we yeah, have one of your books too here with us, which is called "Dear Black Girl: Timeless Gems for Brown Girls Bound to Win." Oh, yeah. That title is already baby. just something. Tell us what's inside of this book. Oh, that is my pandemic baby. So what that book is comprised of is over the years at that time, I had been in contact in some way, shape or form, whether that is by speaking, contracting, consulting, uh, social media interviews, whatever, with over 10,000 black women and girls. Mm -hmm. And what I did with that research was make it plain language, right? I, it's a chat with a homegirl about things that plague and pro-black women despite their socioeconomic status, where they may be from, what they may look like. It is just some general themes that we all may have in common gotcha. and that you can take those gems to apply to your life in day to day as you're growing through your career, as you're building wealth, as you're doing all the things. Um, and, and take a snippet, right? It's one of those, take what you need and leave the rest. And it is simply, it has been said in several of the reviews, it is just like having a conversation with a homegirl. Cause I'm like, what's up, yeah. right? If that's your goal, you need to get to it. Yeah. And I'm saying it just like that, right? Get so very minimally edited. I want it, it to be something that you can see the normalcy in doing things, right? Everything mm -hmm. does not have to be perfect, but perfection can get there, right? You're never gonna be completely perfect, but if you allow yourself to just simply be and be authentic and do your best, right? Your best, my best on Wednesday may not yeah. be the best on Friday. Listen. Cause my best on them weeks when them eight boards is calling yeah. a meeting, <laughs> is probably not the best, right? Yeah. I tell people the second week of the month, don't call me, yeah. right? <laughs> Cause about six of them board meetings, fall in the second yeah. week of the month, right? But um, when I think about, you know, other weeks, you may get another version of excellence, right? Yeah. One that I um, will hone in for the purpose of the conversation is being on the Regional Workforce Committee, right? Yeah. It has stretched my limits. It's put me in places that I didn't know, the things that I don't know, right? So sometimes I'm like, hmm, let me go ask more about that, right? Yeah. As a black woman, sometimes we don't feel like we have the ability to not know. 
right? So when mm -hmm. I talk about gems, I talk about being transparent and being okay with asking a question, yeah. right? Be okay with being in rooms where you are not the smartest person in the room. Yeah. You're not the you know, wealthiest person in the room. You may not even be the prettiest person in the room, but as long as you know that you're beautiful and you're confident and you come to the table knowing that you deserve that seat, you'll be fine, and that's a gem. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> and it's commendable that you uh, released the book, and we were talking about it, you know, before we started the podcast, that, you know, I released my own book back in 2019, yes. um, and talking about just, and it's uh, the come up from How Do I To How Dare You, uh, and it's a memoir. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it was a memoir that I wrote over um, a period of my own life where I felt as if I just, I couldn't hold on to it anymore. I had to give back to somebody somebody needed to know how I overcame some obstacles yeah. um, and I felt as if I was a little nervous even when it came to releasing it um, because you know I was only like what 28 like 29 when I released that book and it's like recently releasing a memoir when you're 28 29 it's like okay well how much life have you lived that you right. want to release a memoir so it's like you know I felt like some older people you know goes back to those boxes we're in the box of like, why are you releasing a memoir? Right. Like, what do you got to say what that anybody else ain't doing? A lot. But, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, you know, I felt as if I had a story to tell. Yeah. You know, and it's a story that I don't want to hold on to anymore. I wanted to let the people know. Um, did you feel that when you were releasing the book? Like, you know, those pressures of like, mm, I'm confident about it, but like, I don't know. I definitely felt that. So my first life work or second life work at this point, I've lived a few lives yeah. in a short time. <laughs> I was a public speaker and one of my speaking coaches and mentors and dear friend at this point was talking about having a book as a way to leverage opportunities for speaking. Yeah, so I actually so. released my first book. I was either, I was working on it at 25 and then turned 26 or I was working on it at 24 and turned 25. Yeah. Either way, fairly young. Came up against a lot of judgment and a lot of, you know, what do you have to say type things. Number one was you're allowing your insecurities to lead me, and Damn. that's a no, right? We're not doing that. Damn. The second part was people who maybe have wished that they would have done it, and they didn't. Once again, Hit it on the nail. not my problem. Damn. And third, <laughs> I did have some, I'm sharing this based on life to date. Right. And it may not be for the person that, you know, has lived so many years, but it may be yeah. right. I knew who my target audience was and I understood that assignment that and part. it did well. Right. Each of the books, even the ones I did as a partnership with other women, each of them have done well because I mean, as a peer marketer. Right. right. I had my target audience in mind. And so if my target audience was a young lady who's, you know, 19 to 25 and is trying to figure some things out and has been through some things because age doesn't um, define that you've been through things. Age also doesn't equate to wisdom, right? right? There are some young people who have been through things that you can never imagine, Absolutely. right? So being able to articulate that and then share. But despite all those things, I'm still able to, right? And so it's been able to be a resource, if you will, yeah. to people because stuff happens yeah. right stories should be told right and it takes like you said like once you have the target audience there you can it go matters. from there you know, it, I don't want to be 60 years old telling people my story right. I don't want to do it so and I, I also don't want to what and I'm, you may feel this way also right if I was to take my first memoir right and I think I may redo it one day right yeah same it's going to have different context but yeah. I'm so glad that I shared it then because my lens has shifted boom so who would be the target audience may or may not sh may or may not shift, but I'm glad I shared it with the information I had at the time. Exactly. Because I can say now, six or seven years later, 
my viewpoint of certain situations and scenarios has now shifted. Exactly. In a way that I don't know would be as most impactful. Right. Yeah. So. Bam. Yeah, yeah. You gotta love let's that. Let's talk about it. All right, all right. Let's get into our segments now. All right, let's get into our segments, let's y'all. All right, let's get spreading. All right, all right, all right. Okay. Uh, first one is mental matters. Ooh. All right, so yeah. get squared in. Sit okay, down now. Um, you know, you have a lot going on. You have a lot going on. Like we was talking about nine boards, a.k.a. all the other stuff. Uh, five jobs, two. <laughs> wow. We can okay. go on and on and on. You can go on Yeah, on. you have a lot going on. And when we have a lot going on, you know, mental health plays a factor you know and you yeah. say mental health is your top priority yeah. how do you uh prioritize your mental health and what do you do y'all i take care of me okay i go on trips i go to therapy i'm gonna repeat that one i go to therapy i have a, one, more time. <laughs> one more time for the people in the back i go to therapy yeah. and recently i've added on an additional factor so i did lose my mom early 2023 my that. best friend thank you so much and so i've added on grief counseling right yeah. so i add on things there are experts that can help you with things that you don't need to do by yourself so that one is important right the trips are great the manicures the pedicures the sleeping in those things are amazing but sometimes our mind needs help right yeah. sometimes we need to make sure we're okay and we don't have to be in trauma to do that right yeah. it's not that i was um, I was in therapy prior to my mom passing, right? I was in therapy when there were things, all right, I've been therapy for a long time because it is something that I am using as a preventative measure. And it's also an unbiased opinion, right? So I yeah. can go to my therapist and ramble off about my business, my clients, my headaches, my this, my that, without judgment, right? Sometimes with friends and family, it's like, well, this is the life you wanted. Yeah, that doesn't mean I don't get tired. Right. right. I love my career. I love my life. I love all of the things. I still get tired. Yeah. Right. So therapy helps me with that. But also vacations. Yeah. I love good food. So I eat out. I'll spend <laughs> on some dining. Right. Well, happy hour. Too. Right. I enjoy um, my friends. I enjoy my family. I enjoy just doing things that make me happy. And I have a, a balance, if you will, I, I, some harmony in life, right? In the busy seasons, I'm in it, right? I don't look nothing like this, y'all. I'm really relaxed and, and yeah. you know, having a, a really good time while I'm working. But when it's downtime, I'm sleeping in. I don't wake up early. I don't do the makeup and the glam and all the things. And I am a really chill home girl. I live, have a beautiful home in the middle of nowhere, yeah. and I enjoy being there. Quiet. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> you gotta love that. Yes. All right. So our next segment is I say you say. All right. So okay. within this, I say. Okay. Listen up. I say a word or a phrase. You respond with just one word. Okay. All right. Cool. We're gonna go through three right now. All right. I say your favorite music artist. You say. Wow. That's not an artist. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I don't have one. You don't have one. I don't. One. Who is like the last person you listen to then? Who like Tosh you Cops. get in the car? Tasha Cobb. There we go. Yes, okay. Yes. All right. I'll say the next 10 years of your life. One word. You say. Amazing. Amazing. All right. I say fear. You say. Don't have it. Don't have it. All right. All right. Wrapping up three things. All right. Three things. Three things. Let's three do things. It. Three things. What are three things unrelated to your life work, 
your uh, hard work, sure. all that work. <laughs> what are three things about you that people would be surprised about? Number one. Can we start with I don't have a favorite music artist. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I don't have a favorite music artist. Um, my second one would be I like my cans organized in my cabinet, like by the date that they're going to expire. Really? Yes, um, and so I know, right? That is that is a thing. I appreciate the transparency, <laughs> right? Like that is a thing for me. Much and like the beans and the greens and potatoes and beans everything. Beans and the greens. Yeah, I need to know where things where things are. So those gotcha. two. A third thing is. Truly enjoy doing absolutely nothing, and okay. that is something that people just do not believe. Right? Lady who you, does it all likes right, doing nothing. Right? When you think about, you oh know, business, God. philanthropy, yeah, boards, yeah. you know, travel, like yeah. all of these things, you would think that, and I enjoy them. But yeah. let me just tell you, when I am retired, I'll be living my best life. I don't even call me. Yeah. I don't want to go nowhere. I don't. No, none of that. Jeez. But yes, I enjoy doing. Nothing. Absolutely. Okay. Nothing. So no music artist, favorite music no. artist. You're organizing them cans in the pantry. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> nothing. And you like doing That's nothing. That's my favorite thing to do right. is nothing. There you go. There you go. Well, yes. Tabitha, can you please look into our camera and let them know. Tell them your name and tell them that you are next. Hello. I am Tabitha B. James and I am next. You're next, y'all. You're next, y'all. Tabitha, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you so much yes, for being with us. Such a I pleasure. thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> Me I, too. I knew you were going to be a treat <laughs> for us to have. Oh my I knew goodness. the people were going to love on you I and, and really so. appreciate everything you have to bring. And I really thank you for being with us here. Yes. Shout out to Royalty Day Spa for allowing us to be here in Marion. And thank you for joining us here as well. Hopefully you've been enjoying this series. We have so much more to offer you. Also, don't forget to follow me on social media at Darion LH. And also make sure to subscribe if you're on Apple or Spotify or even on YouTube to Who's Next with Darion Henderson.